everyone. Welcome back to Stop, Drop, and Watch Bridgerton. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Kat. And we're back today with our second and last bonus episode of season one. We brought back some of our other guests from earlier in the season, and we'll be asking them some rapid-fire questions. Hey, I'm Alicia. Hi, I'm Liz. Hi, I'm Ashley. So what did you think of the Lady Whistledown reveal? I had a suspicion the first time around, too. Just because I was sort of like doing what Eloise was doing, where I was like process of elimination. And I was like, you know, who is left that could possibly have free time? Penelope was definitely on my list, like top one or two. When it happened, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not too surprised. I felt like I had a strong suspicion of Penelope after that whole scene with her and Marina. And then like immediately afterward, it's the story about Marina comes out. It's kind of like, that is a little bit too much of a coincidence. That gave me a strong suspicion that it was her at that moment. I just felt really justified. I kind of knew it was her from midway point. Once I realized it definitely wasn't Eloise anymore. I did kind of think there might be a weird dark horse of the like Queen's gossip guy who might be it. But he wasn't a main enough character. And so, you know, the way romance novels work, I figured it had to be one of the two women. So yeah, felt pretty justified. I like being right. Okay. I'm just, I'm actually really impressed that everyone seemed to realize it was Penelope so quickly. I definitely thought it was Genevieve like the entire season and was really taken aback by the reveal. Will you watch season two? And what would make you stop watching? I would watch season two if only to come back and discuss it with y'all, which is the impetus of me even watching the show past episode three because it is so not my genre. But I have been watching and listening because I'm enjoying the takes of so hearing everyone talk about the show. So I would watch season two to like listen to be up to date one with what everyone's talking about on the podcast and also come back and discuss. But I just hope we get away from Daphne and the Duke. Sabrina, I feel like that's a lot of pressure on us to do season two. (laughs) Ashley's like, I won't watch unless you do the season two podcast. Well, I think Ashley's also promised to return as a guest. So she's signing herself up. I I caught that too. It's now recorded. (laughs) I think I'd watch season two, mostly because I just don't like not knowing things. So... After having watched this, I read all eight books. I knew quarter way through book one that this wasn't a series I would want to really keep reading. But at this point, I was already in. So I finished all eight. Would watch season two. If we're in a world where season two comes out and it's a little more open, I I don't know. But in this world where I'm binging Netflix all the time, yes, we'd do this again, probably in a weekend. Yes, I will watch season two. What would stop me from watching it is if there is not enough Lady Danbury. I think my only threat of not watching it, even though I don't actually really like this show, although I'm making a podcast about it, is if Colin and Penelope get together, I've threatened this before, but I'm like quitting Bridgerton, I'm pretty sure by this point it's actually going to happen. So the things that would make up for it, in my opinion, are Marina, real life actor, Ruby Parker gets together with real life Colin actor. I think Colin has a serious girlfriend for many years in real life. I think I saw that on Instagram. There was a cute... Is it it Ruby? (laughs) No, (laughs) they were hiking together. She was, I don't know, some blonde girl. (laughs) What is your beef with Penelope? Why do you hate love? 
I don't, I think that she's just super, like, she's a terrible friend, firstly. Like, she's the one who exposes Marina, and I think, so, the first time I watched it, I was way more okay with her, but the second time, having known that she was Lady Whistledown and was the one who actually exposed Marina, I was like, what kind of friend do you actually think you are? She was trying to help her. Yes! And Marina's like, your silly little crush on Colin is dumb, and I need to, like, help you get out of that. (laughs) Like, do you... There's no way she would have been as invested if she was not in love with Colin, right? If she had no feelings for Colin, she would have been like, good girl, get it. Like, Bridgertons are great. Like, that's my best friend's family. She would have been like, yeah, you're gonna stay in London. Awesome. She very much, like, let a man get in front of both Marina and Eloise when it came to friendship, which, like, no. (laughs) I mean, look at the dynamics in this series, though. Everybody is trying, is either trying to land a man currently or will have to very shortly in the near term. And if anything, the show is about how a love marriage, like a friendship marriage, is better than getting married to someone just because. So, like, she's trying to stop Marina from doing that. I don't know. I'm team Penelope all, <laughs> all the way. Maybe it's because I've had a number of unrequited crushes in my life and I feel for her so deeply. And if someone had said, like, he doesn't like you. Like, yeah, girl, I'm exposing all your business in the whistle down papers. That's it. I mean, it's like, congratulations, you played yourself. Like, seriously? No, Marina so. A, gorgeous. Oh, cat. So she can do no We're- wrong. <laughs> B, I think it was just, like, literally just the real talk that Penelope needed. Although she'll probably end up with Colin in the end. <laughs> Didn't need it. Okay, next question. What would you change about the show? Oh, I feel like the men get very little character development that they deserve. For all the work they do to develop the romance and and sort of play out this fairy tale, I actually look back and think that they could have done better by a lot of male characters. And I specifically say this because my brand of feminism is very much like raise the men in ways that they have not been raised in the past, raise the women in the ways that they have not been raised in the past. Like this idea, what I did like about this year is like, Simon is allowed to have grief over the fact that his dad was such a dick. No one made him feel like less than a man for doing that. And I feel like other men in this series were still expected to have these expectations they met for being men in different ways. Like the way that Violet treats Anthony is, I hate it. I think it's just awful. And I think it is very unfeminist. I really wish that we that you had like been on for like I wish we could have an episode just about that because I like have so many thoughts and feelings about what you just said but the question is what I would change. I think I would change the treatment of how the characters think about sex and the knowledge that they have about it in this series because I felt like we were it was it kept being brought up in these subtle ways in these overt ways and we never really dealt with it as an issue like it was kind of it felt like an elephant in the room I just felt like it wasn't given the focus that it needed but it was critical to the plot look I've read a lot of romance novels and watched a lot of rom-coms and there's like a formula to all of them I guess one thing I wish that had come out of this and I really thought was a chance given the whole series and the way it was being taken was that it would be less predictable but it's still very formulaic i wish they would do something a little more surprising daphne throughout was just like 
really? Okay, like, okay, she's the heroine. Everyone loves her. But I did feel a lot of times, but why? But why? Why do we all love her so much? Like, why is she so charming or whatever? She was just a little annoying and patronizing and condescending to everyone. And I, I just wish that we had sold a little bit more why this is, like, the heroine. I guess next season we'll see. But I just, I really wish that they would, like, I don't know, sell me a little bit more on this romance other than, like, they have great hand chemistry in the parlor or whatever. That's what a true marriage is built off of. <laughs> Your hand <laughs> chemistry. <laughs> For anyone who watched Startup, the K-drama, specifically, she they, they asked, like, why the heroine loves this one guy. And she's like, I love his big hands. And th- that is it. Like, that's the one reason that she's like, his hands. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> the one thing I would love to see in season two is I'm really hoping they have more characters of color in main character roles. Like, it would be great if Anthony gets with a non-white woman. His type so far has been Sienna, so it's not looking great, but I'm still holding out hope. I've also told Sabrina this a few times, but I would love to see some more East Asians and... Southeast Asians in like real speaking roles with actual backstories. I think the closest we got was, if I remember correctly, Lady Granville might be of Indian descent. I think it's very unlikely we'll get any people of Latin descent or indigenous because it's still Regency England. And I guess it'd be a pretty far stretch to get someone from the Americas and give them an estate and title. But, you know, I'm never going to give up hope. I'm always crossing my fingers for that. I mean, would it be a far stretch? We're being asked to imagine this racial utopia. Like, if we're really going back to Regency England, none of the characters of color would have any positions or any titles. Anyway, most certainly not, you know, the Duke Senior, the Duke's father. Like, he was a very dark-skinned man. And I totally agree with you. I think I'd love to see more dark-skinned women. And this, you know what's bringing this up too for me is that people are watching again the version of Cinderella with Whitney Houston and Brandy. And that was like a kind of a precursor in terms of a racial utopia. Like the king and queen are a black woman and a white man and they have like a, a Filipino <laughs> son who marries a black woman. Yeah, I think it's actually a point you made when we were talking about episode two that all of the black women on the show are fairly light skinned. So, and the only darker skinned characters are men in auxiliary roles. I think also we don't have to have logic for like who plays what. Like at the end of the day, this is fiction. If we don't want to account for the reason, we don't have to. Like this can be whatever they want it to be. We don't have to be true to the time period. I think just do it. Yeah, just do it. Who cares? And if you really do care, maybe you should you know, look at yourself and see what your problem is. <laughs> what was your favorite scene in the entire show? Oh, I loved the swing set scenes with Benedict and Eloise. I just feel like I am an only child. I've never had sibling relationships. And to see that, that was like very quintessential. What I imagine a sibling relationship would be if I had a brother or what I would hope for. I don't know what it says that I liked the familiar relationships more than I liked the romantic relationships in the show, but I thought it was a, a cute, charming little thing. My favorite scene was in episode two where the Duke touches Daphne's back and it's like this kind of, like they focus on it. And to me, that's that's 
represented, you know, what I hoped the series would be more of and less more of the like raunchy sex scenes. Okay, maybe I'm a giant prude and I'll just say that outright. (laughs) But to me, that was much more of like a realistic representation of how you start to fall in love with someone. It's like suddenly it feels very electric and like the air changes and that was much more again felt much more real to me than like let's just have sex all over the lawn and the servants are listening and yeah I actually liked a lot of the little back scenes best so almost anything where Alice Mondrick was in so Will Mondrick's wife the two of them together I really enjoyed I think the home scene where Simon wakes up in their house super hungover and they just have like a really cute byplay was probably like my favorite just because it actually like hit home and I was like oh this is sweet I really like it and I think his face during that scene felt really important. Like he was appreciating the relationship between husband and wife and they're joking and then the picking up of their child. So I think those little scenes were kind of my favorite. Also, I really like to look at Will Bondrick. So I, any scene he's in, I will look at that all day. So I mean, that scene with the boxing, I was like, hey, friend, like, right. Can we hear more from you? Like Simon looked very skinny in comparison to him and I was like so when Russell's come off like you it Mondrick which character do you think developed the most throughout the season or that you had the most dramatic opinion change on yeah okay I'm here for Penelope but I will say I lost a little bit of love with for her too because of her treatment of Marina I think Marina deserves some of it and she was being a dick but like I I did feel like Penelope could have handled it better. I wish she had just told Marina from the get-go when she started talking about her that, like, hey, I have feelings for Colin. I think it was a little tough for her to expect Marina to change course at the end. I I do wish she had done things a little differently. And once we found out she was whistled down, I was a little less forgiving. I thought, okay, you could have nudged things along sooner or been less brutal, maybe. But I still am here for her over Daphne or Marina. I would say Marina is the person who I had the most dramatic shift in opinion on because in the beginning I felt really sorry for her and you've got to like land a man but at the same time appear really chaste. I felt really sorry for her but I don't know. Again, maybe because I identify really strongly with Penelope's feelings for Colin that like that, that scene in particular like turned the tide for me against Marina in a way. Because here's what I would have done if I was Marina. I would have been like, hey, I can clearly see that you have feelings for Colin, but I'm in a bind here. Can't you understand? I don't want to take Colin away from you, but like, I don't really have a choice. That to me would have been like, that would have gone down easier for me if I was Penelope than like, you just need to get over it. Do you Um, think Penelope would have actually backed off and or not done the whistle down release if Marina had approached it that way? I think she might have not done the the whistle down release. I don't think she would have backed off. Like, I think she definitely would have continued trying to intervene and make sure that doesn't happen. But she would not have, like, taken her out with such force. I think that was an act of retaliation and Mm -hmm. anger. And if I'm Marina and I'm playing things strategically, I mean, I I don't see Penelope as a threat potentially, but like at the same time, everyone in this house knows my secret. So like, I got to play things cool. Some of Marina's risk assessments too, like like offering the kiss to Colin, I was like, (laughs) that was a gamble. That was such a gamble because you don't want to be alone with a man, one, because even that's enough to ruin a lady's reputation. And then you're being so forward with your affection. Like he could have been like, what are you, a strumpet? I'm going to run away, you know? (laughs) So do you think Penelope regretted it afterwards? I do think she regretted it. I think it was something, like I said, done out of anger, but she didn't think one of the far-reaching consequences because (laughs) it's this thing where, like, the household goes up and down together. We all sink or swim together. 
would that have stopped me from doing it in the first place? I don't know. This is my qualms with romances is they pit women against each other. Like nowhere in our conversation so far have we discussed are Marina and Penelope still friends? Do they do they care how they feel about each other? When are they not talking about Colin? It just sucks that like the consequence of Marina and Penelope's friendship is actually a secondary plot. Yeah, Sabrina and I actually had a giant like mini debate while recording episode eight about whether or not they're still friends. This is a pretty serious thing. That said, Marina doesn't know it was Penelope. But yeah, I actually don't know if they ended on friends or if when Marina apologized, it was more just like a closing the book with an apology and they don't plan to keep in touch afterwards. I agree, Liz, that this show, I mean, fails the Bechdel test like spectacularly. There is, I cannot, I'm trying to think of a scene where... Eloise and Daphne multiple times have conversations not about men. They're they're about each okay. other. <laughs> Their conversations are always about themselves. Like, why are you so perfect? But like, I felt like it was kind of like, why, like they're arguing about Daphne's like being fake for the purposes of this kind of, well, I mean, maybe you're right. I, yeah, the one that comes to immediately to mind is them. I'm trying to think of if I can remember any other conversations between women not about a man. I said this in the episode with Liz, though. I don't really remember conversations between men not about women either, though. So I think it's failing the reverse Bechdel. And it, like, to me, it's a romance show. So <laughs> that is the heart and core of this. That's why they keep talking about uh, their romantic partners and stuff. What have you learned about the show in its off season or since watching it? Oh, well, <laughs> it was a prop mistake that they forgot the necklace <laughs> that the prince gave her. I watched a quick Netflix clip and one of the questions posed to the actress who plays Daphne was, you know, what happened to that necklace? And you can see it on her face. She's like, wait, <laughs> oh no. Oh no, I should have told props that I left it there. Because you're absolutely right. This is a huge plot hole. It was just human error on the part of the production. Oh my God, we finally gotten the conclusion to the mystery of the missing necklace. It's somewhat satisfying, but also pretty dissatisfying. <laughs> like, I was hoping they'd be smarter and like, use it as a plot device. <laughs> mystery of the missing necklace. <laughs> Prince Friedrich season. Season eight. <laughs> I guess for me, between when I first watched it and I binge watched it in a weekend, so I had a lot of time between then and now, I read the book, like I mentioned, actually all the books, but in reading the book, I was really able to see the difference between what was produced for the Netflix show. Honestly, I have to give Netflix kudos and Shonda Rhimes because honestly, the whole thing did get a lot better from where the book was. The book was really dated, whereas I feel like the show is still a little off, but it's not as off. I don't know what I've learned about the show other than a lot of people have watched it and liked it what characters team are you on like out of all the characters which ones are we rooting for the hardest yeah you're you guys are like team penelope i don't think this is a hard question <laughs> for like actually yeah, i feel like yeah that's yeah also true yeah. for me what, what character lady do you danbury. stand well i mean i'm team lady danbury most in like of all <laughs> Yeah, Lady Danbury is the boss in the show. Though she's undefeated. So that's whose team I'm on. Oh yeah, she like does not care what the men think. She's running her own world. I'm not quite sure she can do any wrong. I have no complaints. Why don't we just make every other season about her? I guess I'm team Eloise if I have to pick someone other than Lady Danbury. I'm pretty worried about Eloise. I'm not going to lie. She's expressed a lot of opinions about marriage and families. Yeah. And I don't know how you deal with her in a romance series where we don't take that away and then make it like, 
oh, just mm-hmm. kidding. I met the right man. And now, you know, I, I'm, I'm very worried about that story arc. I hope they can fix it for her. But I'm scared for poor Eloise right now. I agree on the on the Eloise point, too, that, yeah, it feels like she her story might be one of a, a tragedy because like a tragedy is one in which characters cannot escape their fates. As to who I stand besides Lady Danbury, mm. this is going to be a little problematic, but I am here for the Viscountess. My biggest beef with her is that she didn't take the time to tell Daphne, like, this is how the marriage bed looks. But in general, I do feel like she is working very hard on behalf of her family and her, her daughters. We can, we can talk all day about her treatment of Anthony, too, which... I know Lizzie found um, problematic and unfeminist, and I think in a in a weird way, I was here for for that. I don't know. I'm here for all this like, you know, <laughs> strong opposition, all this very intense conflict. But yeah, I I thought the Viscountess was a good example of like, you know, really going to bat for for, for your family. Also, you know what I realized? I want to see Hyacinth when she reaches that point so hopefully the series doesn't die as cat wants it to i call in because i really want to see what happens with hyacinth i really enjoy her i thought she was spunky throughout so maybe she can marry the prince and find the lost necklace (laughs) it's like prince feet i like prince too much the prince is too good for me for that so (laughs) final question and most intellectual question (laughs) who is the most attractive actor (laughs) on the show to you Mondrick. It's Will Mondrick for me. If I have to pick a woman, then it's whoever plays Sienna and Marina. They're pretty tied for me. I do think Sienna was the the prettiest woman. And I would also agree that that Mondrick was the most good looking man. Simon is Simon is good looking. He's not bad. But I'm you know, I don't know. I feel like I've seen a million people like him growing up, so like this wow. the most interesting thing. Can you take me to where you grew up? Because <laughs> Uh, you are kind of living there. <laughs> oh my god. You're the only person I know who's like Simon, dime a dozen over him. I mean, he's good. No, I'm not going to deny he's good looking, but I just wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to like trip over myself to, to go out with him. Like, he's just okay. All of the brothers, I found a really hard time. Like, Anthony, Benedict, Colin is kind of distinguished, but, like, I have a really, had a really hard time in the beginning telling Anthony and Benedict apart. I don't know. (laughs) It's Mondrick or bust. So, I feel like one of the things that you guys said in an earlier episode was that you thought Marina, when you first started, you're like, whoa, this is, like, the best-looking character on the show, so I'm gonna take this question that way. Simon's mom, when I first saw her, I was like, oh, damn. That's what I think Marina should have looked like. She was a very beautiful woman. And so if I had to go just straight up who's the most attractive character even mentioned, it is 100% her. But I, I liked Simon out of all the guys. I think I found all the Bridgerton men to just, yeah, be like these very bland. I don't know. Because I think they all looked alike. Yeah, I had a hard time telling them apart. I also, I did a poll on Instagram and basically everyone was like, <laughs> Simon, the Duke, Simon, Duke, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I should have raised my question besides the Duke. Who's the I don't know. I think character. they've been doing this too long today. Like, <laughs> the, the diversity in opinions is astounding. For me, I think the main thing why Simon wasn't my, like, immediate, immediate jump to head, even though if I objectively take a moment back, I'm like, yes, he's the best looking one on the show. I think his personality was just so annoying to me. He was so angsty and, like, teenage drama throughout the entire show that I felt it, like, I... 
think I found it hard to feel like he was attractive. It was really a case of like the personality of the character got in the way (laughs) of the aesthetic. Thanks for joining us again. It was really fun to record season one. We hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and encourage us to come back for a season two.